Cairo Radio was paid a fee to air the following program. All information discussed on the following program is for general information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. Prior to acting on any legal matter, you should seek legal advice from a qualified legal attorney who can evaluate your situation and advise you accordingly. Welcome to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Your Partner in Law is brought to you in part by the law firm Gregorick & Associates PLLC. Charting your course to a secure future. Your Partner in Law starts now. Here's your host, Rick Gregorick. Hey, good morning and welcome to Your Partner in Law. That's me, Rick Gregorick. So glad to be with you this uh sunny day and i've got ted hansen uh in the office as we say here our sunday morning office so good morning ted good morning such yeah. a beautiful day out it's tough to be inside already well we're you know it's gonna be just this fast blistering hour uh ted today and folks today i i'm going back to a subject that we talk about more often than i wish we had to talk about it and we're going to be talking about elder abuse and Really, elder abuse, folks, it can happen to anyone, anywhere, anytime. It's pervasive. It's rampant in our society today here in Washington and across the country. And we need to fix this. And all of us need to be more aware of what's really going on in the area of vulnerable adults and the types of exploitation that is being perpetrated on them. This is a big problem, folks, and it happens in many, many ways. And I want to explore some of those areas today. And I want to explore, you know, Ted, some of the difference between criminal actions regarding elder abuse and civil issues dealing with that. So because they're, they're quite different. And to get to the criminal is really difficult, and that and the civil's a, a little different um, situation. Well, it boils down really, Rick, to burden of proof. You know, in criminal actions, it's beyond a reasonable doubt, and civil actions, it's more likely than not. Essentially, is the standard. So that's the real difference when you come down to civil versus criminal type prosecutions for financial abuse. Uh, yeah, and then we get into does the prosecutor's office have the budget? And yeah. gee, I've got a murder case or a financial exploitation case. Which one are they going to take? Yeah. And, and yeah. so many times we think that these are only financial cases, Rick. And it's important to point out that a lot of these are abandonment, they're abuse uh, in other ways. Oh, we're going to talk physical about physical abuse all those. and these types yeah. of things. And, and so it's not just financial, but the the big focus really from the criminal aspect really is the financial. We see more of it than we do the other types of cases. It, it, it really does, and we so we're gonna we're gonna hit this one pretty hard, and uh, we're gonna have a you know we're gonna have a nice introduction here um, in our second uh, segment of the show, and uh, kind of help kick this off. And uh, but I, I, Ted, geez, since last Thursday, you know I was out at the uh, Pacific Northwest uh, Real Estate uh, Exposition. You and Scott were out there. I think everybody was from the firm and uh, did a, a a time out there, but. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to everyone who attended that, and thank you for all of the Cairo and KTTH listeners that uh, came out and stopped by the uh, booth or came to the speaking events we were doing. And uh, it's always great to meet you. And, and you know, one of the reasons we do a lot of our seminars and classes and workshops is, you know, to get to meet you. It's um, it's really great to do that, and then hopefully we can uh, help you with your legal planning, whether that's for your real estate, your business, your you know, estate and elder law, for wills, trust, powers of attorney, you know, all those types of things that pretty much all of us need, depending on, you know, where we 
are in our life. We all need the estate planning and then some people for real estate and some people for business and lots of different reasons. And how do we shore all that up to make sure we remain safe if we become incapacitated? What happens upon our death? What happens during this end of, you know, this this last era of your life, whatever that might be, those final years in that and what happens to you? And uh, we're going to review some of the older cases that have been going around. Uh, we're going to go back maybe seven, eight years and kind of see, well, what's changed in seven, eight years? We've been talking about this and talking about this. Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Um, with the backdrop, Ted, of the baby boomers, 10000 a day, yep. I think people might surmise the problem's not getting better. I suppose that it will not for some time to come, <laughs> frankly. So It's really, really difficult. And, you know, part of our you know, purpose of doing the show here is awareness, is education, so people get the right information to help them make wise decisions in all these different areas of their life. So, you know, we've got uh, the... Our next event coming up here is Real Retirement. Um, it's a l- newer event. Um, it's how to avoid common mistakes in estate and elder planning. Uh, very well received the first time we did it. And um, that these are smaller, a little bit more intimate uh, events and a great opportunity for you to come out. And our next one is Wednesday, this yeah. coming Wednesday. There's a lot of good information. We talk about things that uh, are, are particularly kind of uh, interesting to people that are aging in, let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> we talk about housing. We talk about how long-term care affects people's pocketbooks and how you obtain long-term care and the benefits of that. And uh, talk a little bit about this, what we call the silver tsunami, which is the 10,000 people a day for the next 10 years that are aging in. So all these things. We don't. We, we just try to give you a nice good overview of what elder law is and how it affects people. It really is. There's just so much going on. So anyhow, Real Retirement, our next class this Wednesday, just a couple days from now, May 1st, it's going to be in Bellevue at the Residence Inn. And you can get your tickets now. There are some left. I assume they'll probably come close to selling out here in the next day or so. So since Wednesday, yep. that's our drop dead about date. About, what, 30, 35, 40 people I think it'll hold there about. Yeah, it's a you know, modest event, but it's really <laughs> nice because it really lets you focus in on what's going on and you know get any questions you have answered and get you started in the right direction. So we want to do that. I also want to go ahead and give the phone number out now. So we will be taking your calls throughout the show if you have any comments, questions, concerns on your state planning, elder law, maybe a probate or a trust administration. Um, had a lot of questions out at the real estate event from people who were trustees for their parents, say, or things along those lines. And, you know, it just kind of said, you know, there needs to be this general awareness. If you're the trustee for your parents, what should you be doing? So we want to talk about those things too. But um, Come on out and join us there. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com and sign up for Real Retirement, Common Mistakes in Estate and Elder Law Planning and How to Avoid Them. And uh, we'd love to see you. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Get your tickets right now today. Love to see you out there. I do so enjoy meeting you. Ted, out at the Real Estate Expo, it was, you know, it was, you know, this was not our event. We were an attendee. I did some speaking at that and we had a... um, a table out there where we got to meet people. And it was just great. I mean, of course, Cairo was the one of the main advertising sources for the event, but this was a big event, Ted. There were over 900 um, participants in there, who attendees, if you will. Uh, there were probably another several hundred um, speakers and yep, vendors, vendors and, and of all different types to, to support that. And it was, it was a very good event. This was the third year that they've uh, put that on. And 
Uh, Tarl Yarber and his wife, Grace, just did a bang-up job of uh, putting this event together. It was at the Hyatt Regency in Seattle here. And um, first cabin all the way and first cabin speakers and just really great. Got to meet so many folks out there, and it was so nice when you'd stop by the booth and say, hey, we listen to your partner-in-law. So we really do appreciate that when, uh, when you make that happen. Like I said, today we really want to focus in on elder abuse, and you know it can happen to anyone. We're kind of kicking this off a couple days early, but the month of May has been designated really as Elder Law Awareness Month, and we want to do that. We've got a national day coming up in uh, mid-June for Elder Law um, Awareness as well, and so um, National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, of which I'm a proud member, um, they working across the country with uh, elder law attorneys and legislators and lawmakers and all kinds of people. And to we have a local branch as well, the Wayla folks. The Wayla folks. We're all out of conference this weekend in Chelan, by the way. So if you're looking for them today, you won't find them probably. So. Yeah, so we, you know, putting all that together and, you know, trying to make some sense out of this elder abuse. And most importantly, what can you do about it? Because it's happening right under people's noses. Yep. Ted, there was a report that came out that said uh, geriatric doctors, for every 20 patients they see, at least one or two of them are being abused, and it's not being recognized. I believe it. So even within the medical community, we need more education and training. Um, This is tough stuff. Hey, folks, we'll take your calls live on air right after this upcoming break at 888-973-5476. That's the hotline right now. 888-973-5476. Your partner-in-law will be right back. My dad would always say the three worst words in the English language were shoulda, coulda, and woulda. So many people with retirement right around the corner or in the middle of it have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas facing them. They're not proactive. You didn't take care of the will. You didn't take care of the trust. They didn't do what was needed to do when it came to real estate and taxes. So right now, let's avoid the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and call Rick Gregorick. Rick Gregorick is my estate planner. I sat down with Rick, explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or a charitable trust, real estate or taxes. It is so complicated, you've got to rely on an expert like Rick, who is so kind and knowledgeable about all of it. So be proactive. Take control of your life now. You can schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show, Your Partner-in-Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Your Partner-in-Law with Rick Gregrick, my estate planner, yourpartnerinlaw.com. I have to tell you, what a relief for my wife and me when we got signed up for long-term care coverage. The more I learned about the fact that nearly three out of four of us will need some form of long-term care in our retirement, there are so many issues play. For some people, they can't afford it and they become a burden on their friends and family. For others, you do have money set aside, but it wipes out everything that you've saved. And maybe most importantly, it's about having a plan so that all your children have to do is carry out your wishes. It's not a burden on them. And that's why I love the advice we got from Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. We started by going to one of Brian's free classes, and that's what I recommend you do to find out about all the different plans they offer. Brian does have a few classes coming up this month. Seats are limited, so sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. You'll get a free copy of Brian's book. 
up too. Go to 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Look, I know how complicated planning your retirement can be, but you not knowing all your options can be costly. John Curley here with my friend and attorney, Rick Gregorick, your host of Your Partner in Law. Rick, tell everyone what they'll learn at your next class on May 1st. We teach individuals and families the ins and out of estate and elder law planning. At this event, you'll learn how to develop your wills, trust, powers of attorney, health care directives, tax planning, senior housing, IRA investments, and much, much more. Boy, you cover it all. We sure do, John. At this event, I'll be covering all of the important aspects of estate and elder law planning so that you can protect yourself and your family. Our goal is your peace of mind. Don't put it off. Be proactive and have a plan and peace of mind. Start by attending Rick's class May 1st at 7 o'clock in Bellevue. Now, seating is limited, so make your reservation now. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Register at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now, back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. We are back. Hey, welcome back, folks. You're listening to Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick, and today with attorney Ted Hansen. May is Elder Law Awareness Month, and as we do every year, and in fact, I think we do it every day just about, we're trying to raise awareness of elder abuse to put a curb on it and figure out, you know, we, we, we've all got to do better at this. It, You know, I mean, we could have another show on child abuse, but today it's about elder abuse, and it's... Uh, pretty daunting, the statistics that we're looking at, the growth we're looking at, um, compounded by the aging population. Uh, Ted, um, last week, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday, probably was Wednesday, or I think, um, Dave Ross of Cairo, of course, everyone knows Dave Ross, uh, he did an interview. And I'd like to play that interview because, boy, this is spot on of the issues we're talking about, and it's right here, right now. This is Seattle's Morning News. Dave Ross with Colleen O'Brien. Can you imagine anything worse than abusing an old person? And I say that being a fairly old person myself, I can't imagine anything worse than abusing an old person. And apparently, though, it happens all the time, as I have discovered, by talking with Amanda Fro and Paige Ulray, who are deputy prosecuting attorneys for King County, and who have just told me that elder abuse is, I believe the word you used was rampant? That is the word I used, yes. Okay. And it's happening mostly at the hands of other family members? The most common perpetrators we see are family members, but we also see caregivers. Um, we also see people who are in a trust relationship to the elder and strangers. And we also mentioned that it has to do with money. So let's focus on that. When you say elder abuse can um, be motivated by money, I'm guessing it's to get up my 401k. Is that what it's about or something else? That's certainly uh, one of the aspects of it. There's also a lot of uh, theft from different sources of income for the people who uh, have these crimes committed against them. For example, Social Security funds, Mm -hmm. pensions that are a regular part of their monthly income, any sort of income that's coming into um, that person's bank account is potentially exploited. This is children doing this? Oftentimes, it is the child who has the legal authority to access those funds, such as a power of attorney for their parents. Well, the power of attorney is supposed to be for the benefit of the elderly person. 
That's correct. And that's why a, a power of attorney who is taking money for their own benefit might be committing theft because it exceeds their authority. Okay. So how do we help people recognize it to help you in getting to the bottom of it? There's a lot of red flags. Um, I would say unpaid bills, changes in someone's will that they've had in place for many years, a new power of attorney, mm-hmm. transfer of a deed of a house right. often happens. I, I think a lot of our cases, um, other family members might learn about the exploitation of the family member who's committing it because the older adult is complaining about uh, something that they think that they should be able to buy, but they are told that they don't have enough money to get. Mm-hmm. For example, I think I need a new roof on the house, but so-and-so says that I can't afford that. I thought I had plenty of money. And at that point, all of the other family members start to investigate into the situation because they had assumed that their sibling had taken care of mom's finances and everything was fine. A power of attorney typically doesn't have any obligation to report to others about how they're handling that person's finances. And so there really has to be an incident of some kind, something to tip off the suspicions of someone else to start looking into it more deeply. The highest profile story we had about this was the Casey Kasem story, which I'm sure that you you remember. So do you, does that mean then that an elderly person should think twice before signing a power of attorney? I, I think they should think twice about, about who they appoint as their attorney, in fact, or they should think about having two people as their attorney, in fact, so there's two sets of eyes on their finances. It just allows both people to have decision-making authority, so it gives both people the right, the ability to look into the finances and make sure things are going well. Huh. Another aspect of a power of attorney I think that's important to consider is what we call a gifting provision and whether there's a provision written into the power of attorney that allows the power of attorney to gift the older person's assets to themselves to a certain degree. Those provisions are often uh, in cases that we prosecute, and uh, certainly they are problematic often for the older adult because it gives the exploiter kind of a carte blanche at times to use that person's assets for themselves. If you have a power of attorney appointed, that person has a fiduciary duty to spend your money only for your benefit. Uh So even if you have Alzheimer's and you're no longer able to make decisions, it's still a crime to be taking that person's money as attorney in fact and spending it on yourself. So they're actually very straightforward cases for us to prosecute. Uh, So there are clear rules there. Yes. And do you have any particular cases that that come to mind where – there was difficulty in defining what constituted spending money on yourself. I mean, presumably if you're a caregiver, you have to be able to feed yourself. You have to be able to house yourself as you're caring for somebody. You have to be able to, you know, get around. So that would allow you to buy a car, presumably, right? Or furniture or who knows what. Yeah, I mean, we're we're inundated with cases and we're not ever going to be prosecuting a case where someone, and nor should we, where someone is spending money um, of an elder on things that are for the household or yeah. for their mutual benefit. Uh, it's the cases that where the the suspect or the person with the power of attorney is spending money on drugs or gambling at casinos or buying themselves incredibly extravagant things. Those very clear-cut cases that, that are likely criminal. Hmm. I've had a couple of cases in the last few years here in King County that involved the power of attorney. In one case, a son. In another case, a granddaughter who went through um, the victim's funds to the tune of five to $600,000 
on gambling, wow. leaving those victims without any funds at all. Wow. And how'd they do that? I mean, they just use the charge card? or uh, they, they have authority over the accounts. And so yeah. they would walk into the bank and, with an ATM and take cash out of the bank, out of the victim's they accounts. They took it out in the form of cash. I was trying to think if there's cash, any way to put- checks, credit, it can be all of those things. But, but I was thinking, can't, can't you put restrictions on an account saying none of this money shall be spent at a casino of any kind or, you know- in a back alley of any kind. <laughs> I don't think you can. I mean, I don't think a bank has the ability to sort yeah. of stop particular transactions like that. So I don't. I think that's very difficult to do. But yeah. certainly, it is those types of transactions that alert banks to the fact that fi- elder financial exploitation might be occurring. So in the case, in the casino case, what, who sounded the alarm there? In uh, one of the gambling cases, another sibling got a notice that the victim's nursing home care had not been paid. Uh-huh. And this this sibling didn't like I was telling you that that trigger, right? That trigger that something isn't right. And so she started looking into it and all of this unfolded at that point. Uh-huh. And that's another really common scenario we see is where the victim has dementia, is put into a long term care facility, and then the adult child who's the power of attorney ends up draining their assets and not paying for their nursing home bills. Uh-huh. So nursing homes or other long term care facilities report frequently to right. us. Nursing so homes. that tells me as the old person in this scenario to make sure you have more than one child and that at least one of them has been properly raised uh okay and the other thing is get to know your banker right i mean if you if you actually have a a human contact at the bank which is uh, less and less uh, normal anyway that could also help because they would notice something on your account that was crazy yeah, and, and with with older adults, it's not uncommon that they typically only do their banking in person at the same bank every time. And so you're right, that relationship is important. Yeah. Another, another preventative thing to do that I've been hearing more about is uh, basically creating what's, called, what's similar to an advanced care directive for your assets should you become um, demented or cognitively impaired as you get older. Mm-hmm. And so really planning out with your family and maybe even with your lawyer, you know, what do you want to have happen with your assets and your decision-making um, should you no longer be able to make good decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amanda Fro and Paige Ulrey from King County Prosecutor's Office, thank you very much. Good luck with your work. We old people are depending on you. Thank you. 823. Yeah. All righty. Well, you know, folks, I, I, I obviously couldn't have summed that up much better and in the issue now this is these are king county prosecutors folks so we're talking about home here and these issues are going on they mentioned cases of uh, five six seven hundred thousand dollars of abuse we've seen them well into the multiple millions of dollars and you know we see uh, exploitation cases all the way down to stealing grandma's social security as their authorized payee I want to pick this topic up on the next side of break and let's tear it apart a little bit and let's look at the things and see what you can do as your part in helping prevent abuse to vulnerable Americans. Your partner-in-law will be right back. Have you ever wondered what would happen to you or your loved ones or your business if you were incapacitated tomorrow or if you died prematurely? None of us plan on it, but not addressing these issues can be catastrophic to your finances, your family, and your business. Hi, this is attorney Rick Gregrick, host of Your Partner-in-Law, right here on Cairo Radio every Sunday morning at 8. Elder or estate planning is necessary for all of us, regardless of our wealth or lack of wealth. So whether your estate is large or small, you simply must have a proper legal life plan in place to protect you, your loved ones, and your business. For your free estate or elder law planning consultation, give us a call today at 425-284-3450. 
At Gregorick & Associates, my staff and I will take the time necessary to understand your needs and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Call us today at 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450 or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. This is Michael Medved. Financial experts will tell you that you should have a plan in place for the high cost of long-term care. If your plan consists of using your savings to pay for any long-term care needs in the future, then take a moment to contact 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. They will show you how to set up an asset-based plan using a portion of your existing savings. Now, this way you maintain control of your money and you're guaranteed to get your money back even if you don't need long-term care. For every dollar you put in today, 525 Advisors will show you how to get 3 to $4 back in tax-free long-term care protection. Call 525 Advisors today to learn how you can put a portion of your savings to work and protect your family and the rest of your assets from the high cost of long-term care. Call today at 425-748-8188. That's 425-748-8188 and 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Look, I know how complicated planning your retirement can be, but you not knowing all your options can be costly. John Curley here with my friend and attorney, Rick Gregorick, your host of Your Partner-in-Law. Rick, tell everyone what they'll learn at your next class on May 1st. We teach individuals and families the ins and out of estate and elder law planning. At this event, you'll learn how to develop your wills, trust, powers of attorney, health care directives, tax planning, senior housing, IRA investments, and much, much more. Boy, you cover it all. We sure do, John. At this event, I'll be covering all of the important aspects of estate and elder law planning so that you can protect yourself and your family. Our goal is your peace of mind. Don't put it off. Be proactive and have a plan and peace of mind. Start by attending Rick's class May 1st at 7 o'clock in Bellevue. Now, seating is limited, so make your reservation now. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Register at yourpartnerinlaw.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. Hey, welcome back. We're talking elder abuse. It can happen to anyone, even you, even me, even Ted. That's right. It can happen to anyone, folks, and it starts at, oh boy, there's just so many things. It's such an enormous uh, area. Ted, I want to go back in time a little bit. This is something that's been uh, on my radar for many, many years. And uh, back in 2011, um, there was a very famous fellow who ended up testifying in Congress, now, our younger millennials and some of those folks may may have to hit Wikipedia on this, but those of you who are, I'd say, you know, 40 and on up, you remember Mickey Rooney. So we all remember Mickey Rooney as the funny man, and, you know, many of us who are uh, senior citizens today, uh, we kind of grew up with his uh, comedy and everything. Well, at age 90, Mickey Rooney gave some very tearful, poignant uh, testimony. He was 90 years old to Congress of his exploitation. He was exploited financially, physically, oh, it was just awful, by his stepson. And he's, this is a quote, Mr. Rooney said, I felt trapped, scared, used, and frustrated, and yet couldn't do anything about it. He gave this most tearful um, presentation to Congress, 
in trying to address this really, really serious issue of um, elder abuse. And he's trying to say, look, I'm famous, you know, probably a little wealthier than everyone, although not wealthy like a current star of today would be. Um, they didn't have those kinds of money back then. But they basically took everything from him. And they also, and one of the other things besides the finance, they took the man's dignity. Yep. And it was really, really a horrible situation. And that was in 2011. That prompted me to um, write an article um, about elder abuse. And my target audience of writing the um, article was really to attorneys and professionals involved in our roles and responsibilities in identifying and issue spotting and trying to make others aware when exploitation is occurring. And then, you know, for us elder law and state planning attorneys to make sure that we are having these discussions with the elders, with the caregivers, and that we're challenging them on their decisions on who should be their power of attorney, who should be their trust. I mean, Ted, we have talked, you know, ad nauseum on this show about the selection of the responsible parties in your estate plan. Scott, who is our chief litigator, has talked about this, that at the root of most cases are powers that are given to people that they should never be given to. Absolutely. And they're not prepared for it. Um, you know, some of these cases, they don't start out with intentional abuse, but gee, a little taste. Well, in so many cases, it just becomes so easy for the person to access these accounts that they just kind of float into it, you know, over time. And unfortunately, it's a real big problem and usually does have to do with some rogue agent under a power of attorney, unfortunately. Well, Ted, take this as a uh, as an interesting case. And our district attorneys were talking about this, that, well, maybe an agent, they're buying some household things for the house and things like that. So it looks pretty legitimate. They're using mom's money and so they go out and buy some new furniture and stuff for the house, new TV, all that kind of stuff. But what we find out is that the agent also knew that they were going to be inheriting all of the personal property of mom. And so all of mom's stuff was really old and kind of worthless. So, gee, I have a power of attorney. I'll go out and I'll buy and I'll outfit the whole house with everything brand new and went out and spent... Um, large sum of money. Oh yeah. Kitchens, all types of things. We see this all the time, don't we? It's crazy. But yeah, people uh, usually starts off on the smaller scale, but like you said, where there's some self-interest, like so, the person's actually getting the house, like you said too, in addition to well, the personal so property. Well, so we're going to improve it exactly. and we're going to do this. We outfitted it. We're going to get all the personal belongings in the house. You read the will. So I went out and bought more personal belongings, yep. which basically disinherited to some extent the siblings where yep. obviously- um, y'all might guess what the outcome of the lawsuit was. Um, that was uh, financial exploitation, uh, self-interest, conflict of interest. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Um, that now, folks, just to put perspective on this, Department of Social and Health Services here um, in Washington, King County, um, they report that maybe you know twenty percent of the abuse that's going on in our neighborhoods, in your neighborhood are reported. Only about 20% maybe. Yep, really low. And that's very low. And when we, when Mr. Rooney was talking about this, the reasons people, their abusers are, you know, oftentimes responsible for their care, getting to the doctor, maybe feeding them, giving them medications, and they become very dependent. Yep. 
almost Stockholm syndrome type yep. things where they, even though they're being abused, they feel they're safer there than if there was all of a sudden they were alone. Yep. One of the, I remember when my dad was uh, getting up in years, one of his greatest fears was that he would be alone or he would die in the house alone. And, you know, this was great fear. And I'm sure many of you have that. And many of your, you know, parents and grandparents have that. And, you know, that makes you vulnerable as well that, you know, we do that. So we look at, you know, a lot of times what happens in the exploiters, as the district attorneys were talking about, there are keys, there's signals, there's telltale signs. They usually, I remember a number of years ago, I was talking with former Attorney General Rob McKenna, and he used a, a, a phrase, he said, well, so many of these folks kind of start off with the nibble approach, kind of like a child looking at that cookie jar. Yeah, yep. And they go up and say, gee, I wonder if I take one cookie if mom will notice. So they go take the one cookie. And then they kind of look around and say, yeah, I didn't get in trouble for that. Mom didn't, uh, mom didn't catch me. Maybe I'll take two cookies. <laughs> and pretty soon the jar's empty. It kind of, and financial exploitation starts like that. A little bit like that. I've got my power of attorney. I've never used it. I'm kind of scared of what's going on. They go into the bank. Let's pick that story up when we get back from break. Your partner in law will be right back. Sometimes big events in your life all of a sudden cause you to wake up and realize you should start planning for the future. I lost my dad a little over a year ago to cancer, and I remember thinking to myself, I should probably have a will or trust. So I called Rick Gregorick. Now, the reason I called Rick Gregorick is because I've been listening to him on Cairo Radio on Sunday mornings, and the guy is an absolute expert. I sat down with him. I explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or charitable trust, real estate, taxes. It was so complicated. I was so glad I had Rick right there to walk me through the whole process. So be proactive. Take control of your life right now. Go meet with Rick Gregorick and schedule a compliment consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show like I do, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Schedule a meeting with my estate planner, Rick Gregorick, at yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Retirement. What does it mean to you? Has it changed as a result of today's economy? Are you worried about your future? Could there be stormy seas ahead? Hi, this is Rick Gregrick, founder of Gregrick & Associates. We're a dedicated team of legal and tax professionals that can help you navigate your course for a secure future. Whether you're just thinking about your retirement or you're well into your retirement years, whether you're single, married, or involved in a domestic partnership, we can help you create your necessary legal and tax planning. I am so glad I found one firm that can help me with all my legal and tax needs. Call today for your free consultation. That's 425-284-3450. You can also sign up for a partner-in-law event. Just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com and find the elder law or estate planning course that's best for you. You can register for both events by going to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. Look, I know how complicated planning your retirement can be, but you not knowing all your options can be costly. John Curley here with my friend and attorney, Rick Gregorick, your host of Your Partner-in-Law. Rick, tell everyone what they'll learn at your next class on May 1st. We teach individuals and families the ins and out of estate and elder law planning. 
At this event, you'll learn how to develop your wills, trust, powers of attorney, health care directives, tax planning, senior housing, IRA investments, and much, much more. Boy, you cover it all. We sure do, John. At this event, I'll be covering all of the important aspects of estate and elder law planning so that you can protect yourself and your family. Our goal is your peace of mind. Don't put it off. Be proactive and have a plan and peace of mind. Start by attending Rick's class May 1st at 7 o'clock in Bellevue. Now, seating is limited, so make your reservation now. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Register at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. All righty, folks, your partner in law. We're back. We're live. We're in studio. We'll take your calls at 888-973-5476. Are you an abused adult? Are you scared to report to someone or to tell someone that you're being abused? Um, you need to speak up, yep, that's and right. you will be protected. That's right. Um, and there's a lot of, lot of things that folks that you can look for that uh, – will indicate something is going on above and beyond the obvious, like unexplained bruises and things of that nature, Rick. And sometimes we run into these people that, like you said earlier, are just fearful. They're fearful. And and what they know is better than what they don't know. And even though that's a bad situation that goes on, uh, commonly it shows up in the form of not paying bills or missed nursing home payment like the Dave Ross segment alluded to, right? That's a real big tip-off when those types of things are not going on. Um, changes in some things so, as subtle as changes in appetite and, and weight gain or loss. That's another indicator. Poor personal hygiene. We see this a lot in senior folks uh, that are starting down the dementia road. That's I've been meaning big, to talk to you about that, Ted. I, I <laughs> <laughs> and unexplained changes in health. And then, then you have some more obvious things like hoarding. Hoarding can be a real big sign and t- not taking medication, um, you know, leaving stoves on, things of this nature. Uh, Drying you know, the cat in the microwave was one of my that, <laughs> That's also that's, true. That's real, folks. I'm not making it. I yeah. don't make this stuff up. That's all true. Hey, folks, if you suspect any type of financial or physical abuse, sexual abuse, any type of abuse of a vulnerable adult, you can report it to you know Department of Social and Health Services. Absolute immunity, absolute privacy. We need to protect these seniors. You need to pick up the phone. It's easy. It's 1-800-END-HARM. Yep. END-HARM. 1-800-END-HARM. And get the ball rolling. Um, give us a call. We can help you out. Absolutely. Uh, we, but don't be know. afraid to report it. That, that's the bottom no, line. Please it, don't. It, it can is... be anonymous, and it's really important that uh, that awareness happens. And so many times these people are have nobody around them to help them, and they really need advocates. and. And please, folks, don't, don't do this in a, in a malicious way either. We see a lot of that, too, This what we call malicious reporting, and that's really not the purpose. No, don't clog up the system. I mean, exactly. don't do this because you're mad at your brother exactly. or sister. Don't and do it that, that way. Absolutely. Don't do it as retaliation for something. Do it if it's happening. Yep. Do it if you suspect it's happening. It's real, but make it sure it's real. Yeah, and I see a lot of these cases where uh, they're uh, absolutely unfounded, and APS wastes a lot of time going out and interviewing people. And well, it takes resources like away from people who need it. It, it does, and that's, yeah. that's why. Kind of like Medicaid fraud or Medicare fraud. I mean, it takes money away from those who need it, increases taxes. We all just need to think. So folks, there's lots of types of elder abuse. It can be physical. You know, um, physical abuse is um, defined as a non-accidental use of force against an elderly person. Sounds pretty legal, right? That results in physical pain, injury, or impairment. Such 
Such abuse includes not only physical assault, such as hitting or shoving, but also the inappropriate use of drugs, restraints, or confinement and isolation. Yep. That's or, physical. or these emotional type of abuses like shouting, berating, intimidating, those type, types of things go on all the time. It too. goes on and on. So emotional abuse you know, can be either verbal, outward, intimidation, like you said, yelling, blaming, scapegoating, we'd call it. But it can also be nonverbal. And this is really powerful stuff, as we know. Nonverbal can be where your caregiver or your exploiter, they simply ignore you. Yeah. You know, they isolate you from your friends and families and activities. This is what the battle Casey Kasem's daughter, Carrie Kasem, has been fighting since his death to try to get even lawful means by which other family members who are not the caregivers can get access and visitation rights to help prevent this because – very oftentimes, most times, the abuser will have to do the abuse in isolation. Yep. It's, it's done wide open, but in isolation. But they mask it from people, and we see this over and over. Yeah, isolation's a big, big, big problem. And then these nonverbal things. Some folks can literally just terrorize um, seniors, and just, they're just menacing. Yep. You know, and one of the subjects that people always go, what? Sexual abuse. Sexual abuse of elders, you know, sexual abuse is any type of contact with an elderly person without their consent. Sounds like the same thing for all of us. Such contact can involve physical sex acts, but such as, you know, showing a person pornographic material, forcing them to watch this on the TV, you know, forcing them to watch sex acts, maybe even having the caregiver with someone else, you know, in front of them. Forcing the elder to undress, uh, making them walk around naked, and you know things like that. It's uh, yep. it's just perverse. It's disgusting. It, it happens and, a lot, unfortunately. This happens a great deal in these private residential facilities where these folks are living with four families, and it's rampant throughout the house, and it's a real big issue that that uh, just goes on, even among other seniors. You know, and, and and so many of these things. There's all these categories, but most of them involve multiple categories. You know, another huge category in this this age, the fear of the um, senior is, you know, neglect, abandonment, failure by the caregiver to provide basic obligations of food, clothing, shelter, getting basic medical care. More than half of all reported cases have some element of this because neglect and abandonment, abandonment can be both intentional and unintentional. So it can either be an active or a passive act. Right. And these things just happen. So, and then of course we get into you know all kinds of healthcare fraud and abuse um, that can come in from the medical community, adult family homes, nursing homes, unscrupulous people. That kickbacks for referrals, uh, you know, recommending fraudulent remedies, all kinds of stuff there. But you know, the granddaddy of all of them that kind of comes with just about all of these cases is that financial exploitation. Yep. Money, money, money. You know, this involves the unauthorized use of an elder person's funds or property by a family member, caregiver, scam artist, or anyone, right? Um, The abuser, you know, gets their hands on credit cards, checks, their banking accounts. They can steal cash. They can steal household goods, forge names. They they engage in identity theft. They encourage or facilitate the elder to change their wills and powers of attorney. We have a parade coming into our office sometimes of... You know, somebody bringing the elder in and said they want to change their will and, uh, you know, their kids aren't providing any of the care for them and I'm doing everything and, you know, Mabel here wants to give me everything. Well, how long have you known Mabel? Well, we met at the Seven Eleven six months ago. 
ding, 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 big red flag, not going to happen. We're going to pick up on this financial exploitation after break, give you some signs and signals and what you can do to help, and then go to your partner in law and get signed up for our next event. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. My dad would always say the three worst words in the English language were shoulda, coulda, and woulda. So many people with retirement right around the corner or in the middle of it have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas facing them. They're not proactive. You didn't take care of the will. You didn't take care of the trust. They didn't do what was needed to do when it came to real estate and taxes. So right now, let's avoid the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and call Rick Gregorick. Rick Gregorick is my estate planner. I sat down with Rick, explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or a charitable trust, real estate or taxes. It is so complicated. You've got to rely on an expert like Rick, who is so kind and knowledgeable about all of it. So be proactive. Take control of your life now. You can schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick, my estate planner, yourpartnerinlaw.com. I have to tell you, what a relief for my wife and me when we got signed up for long-term care coverage. The more I learned about the fact that nearly three out of four of us will need some form of long-term care in our retirement, there are so many issues at play. For some people, they can't afford it and they become a burden on their friends and family. For others, you do have money set aside, but it wipes out everything that you've saved. And maybe most importantly, it's about having a plan so that all your children have to do is carry out your wishes. It's not a burden on them. And that's why I love the advice we got from Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. We started by going to one of Brian's free classes, and that's what I recommend you do to find out about all the different plans they offer. Brian does have a few classes coming up this month. Seats are limited, so sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. You'll get a free copy of Brian's book, too. Go to 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Look, I know how complicated planning your retirement can be, but you not knowing all your options can be costly. John Curley here with my friend and attorney, Rick Gregorick, your host of Your Partner-in-Law. Rick, tell everyone what they'll learn at your next class on May 1st. We teach individuals and families the ins and outs of estate and elder law planning. At this event, you'll learn how to develop your wills, trust, powers of attorney, health care directives, tax planning, senior housing, IRA investments, and much, much more. Boy, you cover it all. We sure do, John. At this event, I'll be covering all of the important aspects of estate and elder law planning so that you can protect yourself and your family. Our goal is your peace of mind. Don't put it off. Be proactive and have a plan and peace of mind. Start by attending Rick's class May 1st at 7 o'clock in Bellevue. Now, seating is limited, so make your reservation now. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Register at yourpartnerinlaw.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. Don't fear the reaper, people. Oh, he's Don't coming, baby. He's coming. <laughs> so, hey, music. folks, your partner-in-law, we're back. Hey, we're talking about a really serious, serious subject today of elder abuse. It can happen to anyone, folks. We've been going over the different types of elder abuse, you know, your issue spotting, um, 
please give law enforcement or adult protective services a call, even if you have an inkling. I just think about it. Let's get it investigated. Give us a call at the office. We'd be glad to talk with you about it and see what you can do. One of the issues I just wanted to clarify for folks, when we get into this financial exploitation, you know, the unauthorized use of someone's funds, and as our attorney general, our not our attorney general, excuse me, our um, district attorneys were talking about here in the um, earlier in the show, they were talking about their job as the criminal prosecutors. Now, the amount of cases that are going to get to the prosecutor's office are a mere fraction, just a tiny, tiny bit of the abuse that we know about. And we probably don't know about 80% of the abuse that's going on. Yeah, that's, um, that's so this accurate. is a problem. Most cases are dealt with on a civil basis. Ted, that's where you and Scott come in, where these are civil accounts. And in civil accounts, the remedy is money or injunctions or preventing someone from doing something. Or in the criminal case, you go to jail. That's correct. Okay. And you talked earlier about the burdens of proof. Yep. That's really the big difference. And the problem that the prosecutors and even in the civil arena that we have are these folks that are, uh, let's just say they're slipping mentally and they make poor witnesses. And it really just takes one statement that's off to blow the entire case in a criminal matter. So that's a really difficult uh, thing to do in the civil arena Rarely, um, you know, the the, the burden of proof is much less, but, excuse me, the willingness of the participants to go through the process sometimes is a deterrent as well, right? These elderly people simply don't want to deal with the court system and the legal system, and and that prevents prevents a lot of prosecutions out there, frankly, both on the civil end and the criminal end. So what, you know, in our practice, in our estate and elder practice areas, you know, for years we've talked to people about the proper choices. I ask my clients, why are you choosing that person? Yeah. Tell me about that person. What did they do for a living? What's their educational level? What What is your observation of their spending habits and maybe use of credit or, you know, maybe they've gone bankrupt before or they're having a lot of marital problems. Yeah, or they've lived with you for the last 35 years. Or, or that. Or you know that they have alcohol or substance yeah. abuse issues. Yep. Many, many, many of these cases do have their roots in uh, – Certainly in our regions, opiate issues and that. Sure. Um, and gambling is the, gambling. the officer was talking, uh, the prosecutor was talking about. That's a biggie around here, you know, t- taking mom's money and going to the casino every day. That adds up really quickly. So one of the, you know, stronger laws that we have regarding uh, financial exploitation of a vulnerable adult actually makes one who has committed financial exploitation of a vulnerable adult, if they are found to have done that in a court of law, then that person can be subject to a Class B felony. That means pretty long time in jail. And equally as importantly, perhaps, is that person then would be barred as a matter of law from any profit to be derived from the person they exploited, which means they couldn't inherit anything or a write a tell-all book or things of that yeah, nature. You, it's the same statute. We call it the Slayer statute. If you murder someone, you can't financially benefit. Well, if you financially exploit a vulnerable adult, you can't either. And we're seeing more That's of these. Right. We're seeing more of these cases come forward. We are the prosecutor. I mean, boy, I wish they had uh, more time and ener- uh, not energy. They have lots of energy, but more um, availability of time. I mean, they're they're just inundated with cases and yeah. how many cases they have to handle. Um, if you look at the you know prosecutor or district attorney, you know any of these folks, even the even the defense folks, um, they handle dozens of 
cases a week sometimes compared to a private practice attorney that's either doing criminal law or in any other type of litigation is handling far, far fewer cases. So they have a thing. So we do encourage people in these cases to seek out, you know, attorneys to, to look at these things, run it by us. But when we're creating your estate plans and your powers of attorney, the gifting powers, under what circumstances can it be done? What sort of checks and balances can we put into your systems, whether it's through um, co-fiduciaries, you know, dual trustees, dual agents, you know, sometimes that's not even possible. Are there other things we can do with trust advisors, trust protectors? Um, there, there's a lot of things we can do to make sure that we, sure, can, we can help educate have the these family. oversight providers. I, I call them just oversight provisions, and that, that's real, and, and you need to have a check on things, right? So that's what they were talking about earlier, about the kind of danger of having one person in charge of all of the money and nobody to watch over that person's shoulder, nobody to ask for an accounting, nobody to do those types of things. And it is Washington law that if you're a fiduciary acting for someone else, you must provide an accounting and do these things. So if, if you're the, the guy and it's your sister who comes, you're, I'm, I'm mom's power of attorney, let's say, and my sister comes and wants an accounting. I need to give her that. I need to be transparent. Yep. And when you're not transparent, then, you know. Even a heightened sense of. Now we, now we got to start looking into what the heck's going on Absolutely. here. But it is, it, it is the law that fiduciaries provide proper accountings to their principal and any other of the responsible parties. So, Absolutely. you know, if, 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 if I'm the agent for my mom, I need to disclose that to my brother as well and to my mother if she's competent. You know, she, she's not competent, can't do that. But I need to, you know, so somebody else. So we have to build in these checks and balances. Yeah. You could even, folks, you could say I want my, um, my, my trustee or my agent, I want them to, uh, you know, send my bank accounts um, – Every month, a statement, I want that a statement sent to my attorney. We do that for some clients because yep. we want to keep a close eye on what's going on. Yeah, and, and the real problem a lot of times, Rick, with these cases, it's not that I can't get to the person, but seldom can I get the money back. That's really the real That's, harm that goes it, on it, in these It, it, it evaporates and, so quickly, doesn't it? It does, and then that, unless I can tie it to a purchase of a piece of real estate or something tangible, Rick, the money has basically gone out the door. It's really, really tough. Hey, folks, I want you to have a great Sunday. Uh, watch out for those cranes in the sky. And um, they do come down every now and then. It's just absolutely frightening. I remember that other one that went through a guy's window and condo and just it's sitting there watching worse. TV. feel terrible for the folks Just absolutely off it. Folks, we got to go. See you out at Real Retirement. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com and get your tickets today. Thanks for listening to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick. Event Info, newsletters, and Your Partner in Law podcast can all be found at yourpartnerinlaw.com. To schedule an appointment with Rick Gregorick, call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free Partner in Law event, visit yourpartnerinlaw.com. Tune in next Sunday morning at 9 to Your Partner in Law with your host, Rick Gregorick. Simulcast on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM.